Welcome, one and all, to episode 314 of the Signals from Mars podcast. Yes, it has been called Signals from Mars since September. I've had somebody reach out and say, hey, you know, love to do this for the Mars Attacks podcast. Ship has sailed, my friend. Anyway, this is a recap of last week's Hour One show. Here we go. I'm ready. Let's do it. Recap. Why did I say recap? It is a recap. We're just, this is the audio version of the December 9th edition of the Signals from Mars Hour One show, which is usually the first hour of the sometimes two hour show that I do on Fridays. Show goes off every Friday. If I can get an interview in there, then it's for the second hour. But anyway, for this episode, I'm joined by Ed Ferguson and Johan, and we discuss a bunch of Hard Rock and Metal News. We discuss uh, Pantera's recent shows. We talk about Lux Eterna. And if we think that we'll enjoy 72 seasons based on this single, more than Hardwired, uh, I talk about watching the Dio documentary and some things that I thought were kind of surprising that appeared in the documentary. Recent comments by Jane Andrews, the manager of Judas Priest, saying that K.K. Downing looked out of place at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we also discuss what metal acts we think, or what metal act, I should say, will go in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next year. Not who we want to go in, but who we think will go in. So we kind of dance around that a little. Anyway, I do want to thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. You can also watch the video version on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch for a limited amount of time, depending on when you're when you watch, because those videos disappear after a certain amount of time. But uh, yeah, so I have Mars. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm going to fuck this up myself. I have signals from Mars.com. Right there, you have links to all the swell places where you can subscribe to the show, whether it's the video version or the audio version of the show. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. All the social media platforms where you can follow what I'm doing with this show. And I do want to uh, quickly run down my patrons who... Support me week after week and appear on these episodes and are going to be on the episode that we record tonight. Uh, their voting came into play because we're voting on Judas Priest's top 10 albums. So I'll go down every album that was, that was voted on. Almost every Judas Priest album makes the list, but you guys will check that out next week. Anyway, so uh, let me do this in the order that it appears on my screen. Uh, from Despo Geek Podcast, Chris Sinzak, Antoni Espin, Gene Eugene DX, Anthony Mackey, 
Ed Ferguson, Johan in Sweden, Metal Dan. Yeah, I'm not going to fuck up Johan's last name and <laughs> like Mark Striegel would week after week. Johan would still correct him. So I'll just say Johan from Sweden. You guys know and love him. He's on this episode. Metal Dan, Jose in Connecticut, Chris Vaglio from the Chris and Amanda show, the metal dentist, Gabriel Ruiz, Mr. Brad Dahl from Yard Metal, yardmetal.com, Mike Jones. Hey, I hear Mike, jo Mike Jones is going to be doing a, a new project with Ronnie Romero. <laughs> Jeremy Weltman, our Mr. Patron's pick, and Mr. Steve Hoker. Last, Steven Saylor, who in his picture has a talking metal shirt. Thanks all of you guys for your support. Thanks to you guys for listening to this episode. As I always like to say, there's a million other things you can listen to, and it warms the cockles of my heart. In all seriousness, it means a lot that you guys are here listening to this. Help spread the word. Uh, help turn your friends onto this podcast and what we do. We're all music fans. We all love talking about music. It's a troll-free environment. If you listen to this show enough, you've heard me say this enough times, and it is so true. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and here we go with the episode. Welcome, one and all, to the December 9th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. I am Victor, your host, and above me we have Ed. Nope, Ed is here. And we have Johan. Uh, how are you guys tonight? Doing good, thanks. Good to see both of you. Yeah. Thank you. Johan, how are you? Yeah, yeah, the same to me. Exciting night with uh, two football games, so very happy. Excellent. Um, Johan, do you have snow? Yes. Do you have any wolves this year? No, they shot the wolf just the other oh, week. They did? Okay. Yeah, the same wolf. So, yeah. What, what was the, the story with the wolf? Was it eating uh, other animals or attacking things or... It or was, was bothering people. No, it was uh, attacking uh, sheep, uh, uh, and they yeah, a little a, li a little bit too much, and they shot him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Same same thing happens here. So there's yeah. there's a constant battle between um, farmers' rights and and wolves' rights here. Yes, um, yes. Same here. Uh, it's a little bit uh, controversial. Uh, mm -hmm. Wolves are popular, right? Among, I guess, city people, but farmers, yeah, they don't like him. Yeah. So yeah. So they shot him. Okay. Uh, Ed, any snow in your neck of the woods in Kentucky? Does it usually snow where you are? Well, here where I live. We're like right in the middle of the north and southern front. Okay. So the weather is really wild. You never know. It just depends on which way the wind blows. But right. yeah, we, we've had a, a little bit of snow, you know, just a dusting one day. 
but yeah, the temperatures go up and down so bad that uh, most people here live with a permanent headache. Hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, good. One of the worst areas to live in, uh, if you uh, for sinus right troubles. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So um, now that we have forecasts and different things out of the way, yeah. let's uh, let's talk some music here. So uh, as always, there's a lot of things going on in hard rock and metal. And I posted a few things in Patreon that we're going to talk about. And uh, if you want to become a patron and join us for these types of discussions, you can do so for as little as two bucks a month and propose questions, share, do, do all the cool stuff that, that we do here. Um, I posted a bunch of episodes today to, to try to finally catch up with everything. So I posted uh, the new wave of British heavy metal uh, episode. Uh, it was cool putting that playlist together. Unfortunately, not every song was, was available. So I couldn't get, um, got a fly in here. Um, I, I couldn't get the, um, Dumpy's Rusty Nuts. Uh, so I had to switch that song up. And then Brad had had suggested um, um, something else. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, actually, I have his list here. Where is this? Um, now that's all right. So that where's this Persian Risk? So Persian Risk isn't on. Um, isn't on streaming. A lot of these bands, it's unfortunate that um, you can't find a lot of their a lot of the stuff online because they're they don't have streaming rights. A lot of these bands were were smaller uh, from the new wave of British heavy metal. So unless there was a reissue or something like that, a uh, weekly case uh, because you never know when some of these these rights are up. But um, anyway, so I posted that. I posted the Metallica discussion. That I did last week with uh, Chris Aiken and Chris Inzak. And I also posted the interview with um, the guys from Cassius King, Dan Lorenzo, and uh, Jason McMaster. So um, one of the things that I did get to talk to Chris and Chris about was uh, Pantera, for example. And now we've seen footage already of what this iteration of the band is doing uh johan did you get to check out any of the videos of pantera live yes i saw one clip uh filmed from the side mm -hmm. uh, i don't know what city it was but uh let's check out um ah doesn't matter uh sounded good but um Phil seemed uh, seemed a little, you know, stiff, old, or I don't know. Perhaps that's natural. Uh, he didn't seem to be. What can I say? Uh, he was not on fire on that show, but mm -hmm. um, he sounded good, all good, but all right, I guess. You know, it's right. yeah, he's old now. Uh, I saw Phil uh, perform at Roskilde Festival uh, in his solo band, 
and he was terrible. He was drunk or high or both. Uh, and this time around at YouTube, he was better. Uh, and I have actually high hopes for Pantera at Sweden Rock right. next summer. Yeah. But it sounded good. What do you guys think? Yeah. Ed, Ed, what do you think? You think they sounded good? Did you get to see some of the clips? I did. Uh, I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I saw some of the, you know, the Facebook clips being thrown around and was actually very impressed. With, of course, you know, I'm immediately listening for how that guitar is going to sound because dime bags sound and personality is just as um you know different as phil's is mm-hmm. it, you know without him playing it's just it's not pantera sound wise right. so but it seemed like zach was doing an awesome job and it blows me away that the man can figure out all those songs and guitar solos mm-hmm. that well in that short amount of time that just shows you how much of a wizard he is on that instrument. Uh, and uh, Charlie was sounding good, wasn't he? Pounding away on the double bass drums. And uh, Phil, what I did here sounded okay to me. I, I worry about that part probably the most uh, because, again, you know, his personality is in that music mm-hmm. in a way that if he's not there, it's just not Pantera. And a lot of that is, you know, the power of his vocals. Right. And as he's getting older, you know, I imagine he's not going to have that same strength and same power. So I was concerned about what he would sound like too. But uh, overall, it sounded good. I've even seen some people uh, throw up clips that seem to be the entire concert. I yeah, might throw yeah. that on this weekend. And if it sounds mm-hmm. somewhat decent, I might watch that. Have some further uh comments later yeah there was um i started to listen to uh and i actually joked around with it with the hosts about this um i i started listening to uh talk to me today with uh, with chris aiken who's on last weekend with joshua Toomey on notfest.com by the way guys uh anyway i was i was saying how other uh, presenters talk up their friends or hey, I know so-and-so or whatever. So I was joking with them kind of this week saying, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to joke around that I, that I'm good friends with the guys over at Notfest. Uh, anyway. So, uh, they were talking about the fact Chris Aiken has said that he's seen Pantera. I think he said 30 times live at least. And he mentioned that for anyone that gets, overly nitpicky with whether Zach plays all the notes perfectly or stuff like that. That dime was more about attitude more than perfection in his playing and that they never played the songs exactly the same as, as the albums. Um, and they talked about the fact that it was cool to hear Zach paying tribute, but not trying to be note for note the same. Whereas he was very close but it was still him playing. So you could tell, you know, he's throwing in his pitch harmonics and different things where, you know, where, where he felt they should go. I, I was reading an article that Charlie said that it took him two months 
to prepare for for this in just playing the songs every day to make sure that he got you know as many nuances as as possible um in there and to try to get as close to uh to Vinny's playing as as possible if they keep things as is and they're only doing these festival dates and they're only doing one Metallica date a week, which is, which are all the tour dates that we've seen so far. I think that if they keep it that way, they're smart because it'll ensure that Phil's voice will be there. If they start doing three, four shows a week, forget it. It's going to be impossible because you know, he's, he's the biggest question mark out of all of them, you know, um, whether his voice can keep up or not. And they were playing songs that they hadn't played uh, on Pantera tours because his voice just couldn't do justice to some of these songs. So they've brought some like classic songs back into the, to the set list as well. So I, I think, you know, the videos look good. You know, I'm not, I don't consider myself a huge Pantera fan. I like Pantera, but I'm not, you know, like you, Ed, where it's one of my all-time favorite bands. But I was watching these videos and I was getting pumped up. I was getting I was getting really, really psyched up watching the videos. And and I instantly, you know, when I finished, I started listening to my Pantera playlist. And I'm like, <laughs> shit, this song's missing. This other song's missing. I gotta go back and I gotta include these. Uh, you know, these different songs. I can't believe that I didn't include this one. So, you know, so this, this past weekend, I, d- I did listen to, uh, to some Pantera as a result of checking these, these videos out. So, um, I think it looks cool, you know, and as some people have said already, if you don't want to see it, don't go see it. Yeah. You know, don't, don't ruin it for the people that want to see it, that want to relive these songs. I mean, Obviously, Ed, you've seen them live, and Johan, is, Johan you've seen uh, Phil Phil solo. Have you? Did you ever get to see Pantera, the actual band, Johan? Oh yeah, I saw them uh, opening up for Priest at Cowboys uh, Priest Painkiller tour, and that yeah, was yeah. the Cowboys from Hell tour, and then mm-hmm. I saw them opening up for Megadeth for uh, Countdown to Extinction tour. So it was the Vulgar Display of Power yeah. tour. Mm-hmm. And then I saw them on the next tour as well. Uh, so I've seen them three times as Pantera okay. original. Right, right, right. Okay. But so, for example, to go into a show like this, I, I don't, th- I think that people are naive or ignorant to think that they're going to be as good as they were in, in 92, 93, because it's 30 years later. There's all this other stuff that's happened, you know, whether it's alcohol or drugs or, or things like that, which help deteriorate, you know, especially someone's voice quicker. Um, also, the fact that it's not the same four guys. So they're, you know, trying to keep some of these. They're trying to keep this music alive. They're trying to bring it to a new generation. They're trying to bring it to people that have missed the band. And. By all accounts, I mean, Charlie's got the Abbott brothers on his bass drums. They've got, you know, they do a segment during the show where they show nothing but Diamond Vinny videos for like five minutes. So 
So they're trying to pay tribute to not only the music, but to the brothers who were such an integral part. And I don't think that anyone has come out and said, yes, they've talked about reunion, but I don't know if that's so much a marketing ploy as it's been the band actually saying, oh, no, no, this is a reunion, more as the band actually just trying to pay tribute to, you know, their 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 fallen bandmates and, and trying to keep their own music alive. I mean, if they don't keep it alive, obviously there are people that cover some of their stuff, but it's it's not the same as as having, you know, the the, the voice the to having you know the attitude to certain things you know the all the accoutrements that they had on stage so i I can't complain about anything that i've seen yeah and you know another thing too that is super cool and gives a lot of validity to validity to this which and i i agree it's a tribute is Mm -hmm. them uh, pulling out dimes equipment uh you know when i heard that clip I immediately felt like Dime was with us on that stage uh, because you could hear that tone of his Mm -hmm. amp. Right. And um, yeah, that kind of gave me chills really to hear that. And it's so cool that they're bringing that out for maybe a lot of people who haven't heard or seen that to see that rig and hear what that rig sounds like. Right. It's funny because people have criticized Zach for not using Dime's uh, Dean guitars. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, Zach's got his own guitar company. Yeah, that's not going to make as much a difference as the uh, amps. Right. Um, what, what amps, what rig is it? Is, is, it, is it his old Laney amps? Is it, is it the, uh, the Crunch amps? What, what is he using? I, Randall, I, I said Laney. They're, they were Randall. Yeah, I couldn't see, but I was guessing it was probably Randall. Okay. But, you know, the other amps that he started to use were kind of at the end of his career. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he hadn't spent a whole lot of time with those. So I imagine they're pulling out the Randalls. To my ears, it sounded like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I could be wrong because my eyes couldn't see it. Okay. I'm sure as time goes by, we'll uh, we'll start to find out more about exactly yeah. what they're doing, you know, what what equipment they're using and, and all that good stuff. Is Charlie using his own drums? Here's, here's the thing. Charlie is someone who is constantly evolving his drum set. And he's playing a set that's closer to what Vinny played. Uh-huh. I, I have to take a look at the exact setup, but like I said, Charlie on every tour modifies his symbols, modifies sometimes what size toms he has on the side. Um, I think he's only playing with two toms on top, where with Anthrax he plays with three. I could be wrong. Um, but again, I was enjoying the videos so much that I wasn't really getting into all the, you know, nitpicking into all the, all the different things. I was, uh, I, I was sneaking, a. it was, I think last Saturday morning, I threw my headphones on while I was still in bed watching it on my phone. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is so cool. So, uh, so, so, so yeah, I, did, I really didn't get a chance to check that out, but I will, I will once, once all that comes out. 
So um, last week we did get to talk about a, a ton of Metallica. Uh, we've already sat a little more with uh, uh, with Lux Eterna. Um, based on that first single, what kind of a sensation does it give you for 72 seasons? Does it make you look forward to the album? Or does it scare you that maybe the rest of the album doesn't live up to that song? Johan, what do you think? Oh. I, to be honest, I don't have any high hopes, but I have higher hopes this time than I had okay. for the last couple of albums. So, okay. uh, as we had discussion on our messenger thread yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, this single is really good mm-hmm. and it's a little bit different than what they have uh, released earlier in many many years so I guess I have higher hopes and okay. it seems like they are going back to perhaps their own roots we can mm-hmm. hope at least I hope uh, for some more kind of a old school because I mean at in my opinion at the concerts we are all there are not much younger kids even though my right. son wants to go see Metallica but uh, Metallica's fans are as Rolling Stones fans are we are old right and and I think that we would all appreciate an perhaps kind of a retro record that that's more that's more speaks to us than mm-hmm. than then than they are trying to uh break the barriers in front. I don't think they do right. that anymore, but like Saint Saint Anger, they they want to do something. Uh uh and uh, that's, in my opinion, didn't happen. So, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, 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 I, I yeah, 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 yeah. You look at something like Lulu, for example, where they were directly trying to target an indie rock um, fan base. They were trying to go after the critics, which had never fallen in love with them. And much like Ed has pointed out which I think probably helps what you're saying, Johan, is that the sound too, the sound of the song sonically sounds like garage days, sounds like something that's, you know, late eighties, which grabbed us at a certain point in time and really, you know, hooked us. And I can honestly say the first thing that I listened to by Metallica willingly because for the longest time I didn't want to listen to Metallica was Garage Days. And my my late ex-girlfriend had the cassette shoved in her closet. And I'm like, fuck, all right, I'll give it a chance. I've got the cassette. I listened to it. And from the the first drum beat of of Helpless coming in, I'm like, oh shit, this is good. You know? And and as I'm saying this, I'm getting, you know, goosebumps on my arm. But I've listened to Garage Day so much. When they reissued it a few years back, I instantly bought it on vinyl 
mm. and CD because I was like, I need to listen to this in the car. I want to have the vinyl at home. Um, so that that CD has been floating around our car for the last few years since they reissued that. Ed, you spoke about sonically how much it hooked you right away. D- what what do you feel? Do you do you think based on this song that it can only get better? Or do you think they you know we've reached the the glass ceiling with with this song? No, I think they're doing a good job. And I'm looking forward to what they have to release. Um, you know, what? before I heard the song, as usual, I kept hearing Kill Em All, Kill Em All. It sounds like Kill Em All. Right. It's kind of like when Megadeth is about to release a new record. It's P-Cells. It sounds like P-Cells again. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody says that, and then it never does. Right. Uh, I, when I listened to the song, I kept th- oh well, before I listened to the song, too, I kept hearing people not just say kill them all, but it sounds like whiplash. Uh-huh. So I listened to it and I'm like, I'm not getting any of that from this song. Now, later on, I did realize I was hearing riffs from Hit the Lights. Right. In this song. Jeremy brought that up last week in the chat on your show. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing some of the sounds from Hit the Lights, not whiplash. Unless... Right. Unless there's something going on in the drums that people are hearing that I'm not. That's more whiplash. But people were saying that about Hardwired, the song Hardwired, too. Right. Um, I think that's more whiplash-like, probably, than this song. Uh, but, yeah, this song, it's it's good. I uh, Of course, you know, I give everything the car test. I've got the 12-inch speakers in the back. Right. And that's where I really felt like, man, this sounds like Garage Days. Uh, especially because there's a part in that song that sounds like the uh, part of the Merciful Fate cover on Garage Days. It's just like a little two-second part of a riff mm-hmm. that, you know, if you weren't paying attention to what you're listening to, you might think you're listening to that cover on Garage Days. So anyway, yeah, I, I really liked Hardwire. Um, there's like six songs off of that uh, album that I enjoy playing guitar. and. Uh, I think, I th- yeah, I think they're going to keep on trying to thrash it up for us since they're getting towards the end of their career, probably. Mm-hmm. Going to go out on a strong note. Yeah. Um, uh, just based on what Johan said, I, I think he's he's right. I do think that they're trying to please their fan base by saying, hey, you know, we we get it. You know, we we love you guys. Thank you for you know supporting us. So this is for you guys. That 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 type of a deal. Um, yeah. Um, I I don't disagree with what Johan said. I I think I think everything that they've tried, they've always been tried to be genuine. Though, although they tried saying anger, and a lot of it didn't work. Their songs off of it that I do like. I don't think they've ever tried anything to purposely, outside of Lulu, I don't think that they tried to do something to purposely get a hit, to purposely placate to a certain genre or to a certain thing. I think music was just so different at that time. They saw, you know, their peers going in different directions and they wanted to kind of put their spin on it. I, I 
My biggest issue with St. Anger is I wish they would have waited until Robert was in the band and and had him kind of work on some of these songs because the original album came with a DVD with mm-hmm. the, the four members of the band, with Robert included, playing on those tracks. And they sounded a lot better with Robert playing on them as opposed to Bob Rock. Um, yeah, I saw that, them live on that tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, that was a great tour. And this, right. as you said, the song was a lot better a lot better, but with uh, with Robert and uh, uh, all together, it was uh, right. live. It was a genuine album, but on mm-hmm. the record, it was experimental. I, so, I th- yeah, I think a lot of it feeds into if if you see the the some kind of monster, yeah, um, documentary. They yeah. talk about the fact that that load and reload should have never been released. Like they should have condensed it into one album because they had all these songs and they figured out oh, we're Metallica. We can't do any wrong. So they figured that in the studio, they could fix some of these songs so that they were, they would be good enough. But I think that it wasn't the case. You know, they had 10 good hard rock songs but they decided to put out 20 songs mm-hmm. and then a lot of them just aren't that good. Yeah. You know, uh, I, th- I think what St. Anger is kind of the same thing. They were kind of lost. There was a lot of personality issues. They had some good ideas, but for some reason, you know, they, their problem is they don't have people. It's kind of what's going on with Iron Maiden now. They don't have people that will tell them no. Metallica, regardless what they do, is going to make millions of dollars. So if you work for them, are you are you going to be the guy to say no and make sure that another million doesn't come in instead of saying, hey, you know, maybe we should sit back, analyze this. And maybe this song isn't that good, or maybe we should, you know, woodshed this a little longer until it's a lot closer to what we're known for than just putting putting it out because i think like i said i think that there's four or five songs on saint anger that are good they sound better live but the rest of it is kind of you know it just kind of doesn't doesn't work the 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 song that they named their charity after all within my hands as an acoustic song if you hear them play that it's a really cool song, but on on the album on Saint Anger, it's just so muddied with the production and with with the the crappy snare sound and everything that it just the song just doesn't sound good. So, I ha- I have my hopes high <laughs> that uh, that that seventy two seasons w- will be a good album, and if not, I mean, hopefully at least there will be five six songs that'll be good off of it that will end up in my Metallica playlist. Yeah. And uh and will be songs that I play quite often. So um I got to check out the Dio documentary earlier this week. Have you guys seen it yet? No. No, what's it uh, playing on? Yeah. Showtime. So- yeah, Showtime is is showing it in the states. Yeah, I don't have that. Okay. 
what did you say? Did, uh, can we have it here in Europe? I don't know if it's officially released in Europe. I'm not going to say how I got it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do intend on buy, buying the Blu-ray when it comes out. I'll say that. And um, playing with your VPN there. Uh, well, yeah, kind of. Um, it was better than I expected because I had um, I had heard Mark Striegel talk about it or post things online saying that, and we talked about it on this show that Vivian Campbell didn't get as much credit as he should have. And I was really surprised because they used the recent clip of Vivian saying that, you know, everything we've heard, they promised us money. We didn't get it. Um, I was hurt by this. And and then I was fired, you know, so he kind of they, they didn't sugarcoat it. It was exactly what we've been hearing in in the press uh, all these years with his gripes. And Wendy comes out and says, you know, and this 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 makes you kind of think she said, hey, um, Ronnie didn't see a, a cent from any of the royalties from Rainbow until like a month before he died. Hmm. So she was saying, you know, Ronnie went a long time without making money. <laughs> and she she goes on to say, hey, Vivian was 19 when he joined the band. He was able to reach a certain lifestyle because he was in the band. Yes, he wasn't rich, but he was a well-known guitarist. He was living a good, comfortable life. Um, so he kind of was taking for granted some of the perks of, of working with Ronnie. And yeah, the money wasn't there, but it wasn't as if he was living you know, a, a bad life. So let's let's remember, he's the one that complained that due to not making enough money that he had to, he had to drive around in a cheap Ferrari, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a cheap Ferrari when, when at 20 years old, I, I you know, I was driving <laughs> a car, a, a car that had come out 15 years before I had started driving. So, I mean, I, I, I can't, um, I can't relate to being forced to only drive a cheap Ferrari. So, well, speaking of Vivian, I was telling you that Last in Line was coming to our town. Right. And uh, I went with a friend to see that and okay. really loved the show. Okay. Um, that guy, Andrew Freeman. Right. The vocalist mm -hmm. was awesome. Man, the crowd loved him. Uh, he was really nailing it. Mm -hmm. Um. And of course, I that was my first time seeing Vivian live, and I pretty much watched him the whole time, and he nailed every guitar solo effortlessly. You know, he just kind of looks at the crowd and plays those guitar solos like he doesn't even have to think about it, and plays it exactly like you remember it. So it was awesome, you know, to hear songs like The Last in Line and Rainbow in the Dark and Holy Diver live. Right. And uh, Carmine was interesting to me. Vinny, Vinny. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Vinny. Thanks. I, I need help these days. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm watching Vivian, and I hear this pounding drum sound. And mm -hmm. you would think that you're going to look over and see him pounding away on the drums. Right. You don't. 
Uh, he's up there just kind of chilling, doing his yeah. thing, but he's producing a huge sound. Right. And I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, the crowd loved it. it. It was a great show. So if you get the chance to see it, uh, it's worth the time and money. There's Mr. Dahl. Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Dahl is in Vegas. He's, he's there with his wife, so hopefully they're having a, a great time. Um, seeing Last in Line, is it kind of bittersweet seeing it, though? Thinking, shit, you know, I wish these guys would have given it one last chance with Ronnie. It's a shame that Vivian wasn't able to, you know, kind of sort things out and and do like one run with Ronnie before it was all said and done. Cause when I got to see them, it was Craig Goldie and it's night and day to me. Craig seems like a really nice guy, but to me, I think he's the plainest guitarist that he's had in his band. I mean, if you look at it uh, from Vivian to uh, Doug Aldridge, Tracy G I thought was, was a very good guitarist. Uh, the one album that Roan Robertson did was, was okay. You know, wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible either. But I don't know those Craig Goldie albums. They did three, four of them. His playing is just kind of lackluster to me. I know he's a big, um, Richie Blackmore fan, but the, the playing just, especially the soloing just doesn't do anything for me. So, so I hear some of the last in line stuff. And I watch this documentary and I think, shit, you know, it's such a shame that they couldn't have worked something out Mm. or they could have given the fans just one last run. But it is what it is at this point. So. Mm. What what do you think, Ed? Did did that show make you think that, hey, you know, I wish that, you know, I could have seen them under other circumstances with Dio as opposed to as good as Andrew was. Just imagine if it was Ronnie instead of Andrew. Uh, well, it, I, I didn't. I was so happy to be watching Vivian. I didn't okay. have any thoughts like that at the show, but I have thought that before, of course. And right. I wish I, Dio, I think, is the greatest heavy metal singer of all time. And I really wish right. I could have experienced that before. Yeah. Okay. Um, Johan, how about you? D- d- does seeing, I mean, I don't know, have have you heard any of the last in line material? That have you enjoyed it if you've listened to it, or, or you never got a, a chance to check it out? Uh, I've heard it uh, a couple of years ago through Talking mm-hmm. Metal. Uh, uh, I haven't given it a lot of time to listen, to be honest. So, uh, okay. no. Uh, I have seen Dio though, though uh, a lot of times, but uh, okay. uh, not Lost in Line. I have never seen Vivian Campbell with Dio. Okay, that would have been nice. Mm. Oh, who, who have you seen? In uh, what guitarist was in the band when when you've seen Dio? First time I saw them was 1987 in Gothenburg. It was Craig Goldie. He was new in the band. Right. Uh, and then I saw them at my hometown when I met Dio. I've told you this yeah. before, but uh, uh, I think it was Tracy G 
Okay. He's a guitarist. Mm-hmm. I see them at Sweden Rock, and it was Craig Goldie. So it was, I guess, those two guys. I'm not sure 100%, but I think it was Craig Goldie and Tracy G. I have seen with Dio. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and he, he ended up getting fired after the, the first go-around with Dio. At one point, he brought in uh, Warren Martini of Rat mm-hmm. to, um, to play. Yeah. Question there about Tracy G. What yeah. is he? What is? Uh, uh, is he? Is he f- famous for something that I okay. missed? Yeah. So Tracy was in a band called World War Three, which had Vinnie Appice and it had Jimmy Bain, and the lead singer was was Mandy oh. Lyon. And what ended up happening was. When Dio uh, got back together again after the Black Sabbath Dehumanizer album, Vinny suggested that they bring uh, Tracy into the band because he had been playing with him uh, on the World War Three album. So that's mm. th- that's the connection there. That's that's how Tracy got in into the band. Mm-hmm. He's he was never really. Big known player. His biggest thing was being in Dio. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. So with Warren D. Martini, I remember hearing that um that Warren couldn't pull the the solos off, and Warren was kind of trying to do his own spin on the solos, and he. Dio didn't like what he was doing. So he ended up firing him before they even got to play a show. Mm-hmm. Warren went on to play with Whitesnake after that, which is interesting because that's what happened with uh, with Vivian. Vivian went from Dio to Whitesnake as well. But he was only in Whitesnake, I think, for like a tour or something like that. It, it was very, very short-lived. So Brad is saying the first World War Three album was awesomely hilarious. Music great. Yeah, uh, Mandy Lyon's voice is something that's an acquired taste, I would think, because his voice is closer to death metal vocals. It's a guttural sound, but he sings hard rock music. So it's it's kind of an odd fit. Um... All right, so they also there was another thing that took place this week with uh, Jane Andrews, the manager for Judas Priest, uh, said that KK Downing kind of looked out of place at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That he seemed like um, um, like that he was very nervous or, or that he didn't fit in, and that he didn't approach the band to thank them for being there or anything like that. It seemed to me that those comments were kind of out of place. And it kind of sucks that the band members themselves, obviously Glenn Tipton, who's married to her, isn't going to say anything. But it's a shame that Ian Hill or Rob Halford or even Scott Travis haven't come out and said, no, you know, we got on well with with KK. Because I think the clips that I've seen, I haven't seen the um, the special but uh, the clips that I've seen, he was up there, you know, on stage, moving back and forth with Richie. He got 
he got over close to Halford and was like moving around with him. And I thought KK looked great. I don't think he looked out of place at all. Do do you guys think that, um, that, that he looked out of place? Ed, did you get to see the, uh, priest footage at rock and roll hall of fame? No, but I'm very interested to watch it now. I didn't know about this until today. Um, it, yeah, I agree. Those comments are a bit getting a bit too personal, probably. Yeah. For him to be, yeah, talking about that with others. But yeah, I'm interested to see. I'll watch it later. Yeah. Johan, did you get to see any of the footage with KK up there with the, the rest of Priest? Yes, I did. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, it looked like <laughs> he's never been gone. Yes, he too. Totally natural to see KK. Yeah, I, I he, agree. I mean, he was like in the band again. Yeah, it's a shame that he. Uh, I mean, why? Why can't they just put him on another tour? Who cares? It will be good. Yeah. Well, together with Richie, of course. Pr- pr- pride, pride is a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm sure. It's uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> he he's he said a bunch of things. Obviously, when people are trying to sell books, a lot of times they they're not even writing the book. It's somebody else writing for them, and they're trying to get a um uh a certain comment to to sell a book. So I don't know. It's it's a shame. Um, let's see. So metal Dan here saying 20 years ago, had an email exchange with Jane regarding meet and greet with priest or a fan club. And she shot me down. So I thought, well, you suck. <laughs> uh, Dan, my, my exchange, I've had two exchanges with her. Uh, the, the end result was having, uh, their publicist call me an asshole and say that I would never, interview any of his bands ever again and it was funny because i was um i was in madrid at the time trying to get my oldest son's dual citizenship and the last thing on my mind was playing podcaster and and i thought you know what fuck it if i never get to talk to priest or any of his bands so be it my son's my priority right now and Mm. kind of don't care so uh so yeah i've um it was just a, a weird whole circumstance. Um, I, th- I, I think I've mentioned it before, and if not, if I remember for next week's Patreon podcast, I'll, I'll explain it again. Um, what band do you guys think will be the next metal band that will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? We finally got Priest. Do you guys think we'll see Iron Maiden or Motorhead? Or do you think they'll jump right over them and and look for a Motley Crue or or even Pantera now that they've gotten back together again? Will because I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the biggest clickbait um, purveyors of clickbait on, on the internet because most of the stuff that they do is to stir shit up, mm-hmm. getting AK back together with Priest. I could see these fuckers inducting Pantera into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with not only the Abbott brothers, but with Zach and with Charlie 
<laughs> just to stir shit up. Um, what do you guys think? Well, who do you guys think will be the next band that will 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 get next to uh, uh will possibly get inducted next year? Johan, who who do you think? Uh, not who, <laughs> not who you want to go in, but who do you think they'll they'll put in? First of all, uh, that's a very American thing, uh, right? And I feel <laughs> a little bit far away from it. Okay, but uh, yeah, it's not a big thing here at all. But right. uh, I'm hoping for Maiden aren't in the Rock no. Roll Hall of Fame. No, then no. I'm hoping for them. Of course, okay. that would be a, a good thing. Is ACDC in? Oh, yeah, yeah. ACDC yeah. went in a long time ago. Yeah. Ah, ACDC, okay. AC, Metallica, uh, Black Sabbath, Kiss. Yeah. Um, trying to think what other remotely hard rock or metal bands are in there. There isn't a lot. Well, then it's time for Maiden. Yeah. Yep. Ed, That's what do fine. you think? I, I would hope it would be Maiden or Motorhead. Probably more likely Maiden. I don't think they'd know what to do with Motorhead. <laughs> now, as cool as it would be, you know, to go to the Hall of Fame and look at the stuff that's there, especially if you love rock music and the history of rock music, I have no love and respect for the people that run that show. I mean, they're all a big joke it seems and uh you know whatever they do i'm sure it will cause me some anger have me clicking on the <laughs> on on those uh stories like you just said right have me con commenting away and in anger yeah brad is saying don't blame america for the rock and roll hall of fame <laughs> yeah, <who's> to blame? <laughs> yeah. Who's to blame? The 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 idiots from Rolling Stone magazine. Aha. Uh -huh. Who were who were you know the epitome of again clickbait and and, and gatekeeping. Um Brad is saying should be maiden, probably won't be. Okay, so here we go. Maybe so Scorpions. what's that? Scorpions, that, that might be more up their alley. Could be. Not too scary for them. Yeah. So, all right. So here we go. So Judas Priest, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Kiss, uh, Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, ACDC, Foo Fighters, Nirvana, Aerosmith, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nine Inch Nails, Leonard Skinner, Journey, Cheap Trick, uh, The Doors, The Who, Jimi Hendrix, Rush. Um, Bon Jovi's in there already? I didn't think they were. Um, Ramones, ZZ Top, Led Zeppelin, and Joan Jett. So those are like the closest things to hard rock and metal that are in there. Uh -huh. So there's 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 a lot. If if we go, for example, to uh, let's see, Ultimate Classic Rock. Magazine has an article called uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Metal Snubs. So omissions that um, 
of bands that aren't in there. So they list Iron Maiden, Ozzy Osbourne as a solo artist, Dio, Motley Crue, Motorhead, Slayer, Megadeth, Pantera, Scorpions, Anthrax. So to them, those are the the bands that are overlooked that should be in there. I, me personally, I can't really argue for any of them to not be in there because I think that they were important. Oh, each one of those bands was important for a different reason to help hard rock and metal evolve. So I think they should be in there. Um, but I mean, we're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten bands. So that means I will almost be in my 60s before the majority of these bands will even be close to getting in there. So it's a shame. Any of those bands that either one of you think shouldn't be in there? Ed, any of those you think shouldn't be in there? Uh, no, I, but it does bother me, though, when newer bands are getting in ahead of other yeah. bands that I agree. And yeah, but I, yeah, I know it's yeah, I have a I get a bad attitude over that. Yeah, I remember when when Nirvana got in, uh, Courtney Love actually said that unless they inducted ACDC and Kiss, that she was going to have them remove all the Nirvana memorabilia. Because she said, you know, these bands influenced Nirvana. Without them, you don't get Nirvana. And as whacked out as she is, she kind of made sense. She was saying, hey, you know, you should actually go in order. These bands influence these bands. These bands, you know, if you want to get Metallica in there, then you should have the bands that influence Metallica in there first. And then go from there. So I... I, I for her saying that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rock and roll. Yeah. Johan, any any of these bands you were kind of agreeing while I was reading them and any of these bands that you think aren't important and shouldn't be there? No, of course not. Yeah. There's, there's, one, there's one big band that hasn't been named. Mm-hmm. That surprises me. Thin Lizzy. Wow. Thin Lizzy should be in there because... You look at Maiden, you look at Priest, a lot of that dueling guitar, I get it. Allman Brothers did it. Leonard Skinner did it. But they didn't quite do it the way that Thin Lizzy did it, uh, just with the melodies and the interplay between the, the guitars. I think that they're, they're, in a ba- they're a band that was omitted that should be in there uh, as well. So, but were, were, uh, Thin Lizzy, were they great in, big in America? That's the problem. Uh, Thin Lizzy was has two big songs in America, and that's it. Maybe three, wow. you know. Okay. So it's it's completely different. That's the problem: is that a lot of it goes by popularity yeah. because you have the Foo Fighters in there already, and no disrespect to them because there's music of theirs that I absolutely love, but I don't think the Foo Fighters should be in there before a lot of these bands that I just mentioned. I get it. They became popular later, became very important later. 
but did they actually have the same impact? I don't, uh, you know, I don't. Foo Fighters uh, is a, a band. Foo Fighters is a rock band for those who are not interested in rock. It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, very easy. I, I mean, I, I agree with you, Victor. They mm-hmm. have done some good songs and so, but it's rock for people who, are in, who aren't into rock. Right. I, th- I think that they've put out two great albums. I think they've put out one really good album and everything else is kind of hit or miss for me. Mm. I, I think the color and the shape is a very good album. I think that's one of the best rock albums that came out in the nineties. I think wasting light, which at this point came out 10, 15 years ago was a great album. Mm. I think I the agree. first album was, was very good, but I think in between those three, you've got some Really good songs in there, but there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't speak to me. They're, everything that they've put out after Wasting Light, I, I felt disappointed with because it was. It seemed like they they finally got back on top of the Wasting Light, and they haven't been able to kind of replicate what they did on that album. I don't know, just just my opinion, but um, I agree. Yeah, um, we'll we'll see we'll see what they do now. But um, uh, anything else you guys want to discuss before we we wrap things up here? No. Okay. Ed, anything uh, you want to mention? Uh, Well, I could go on about different things. I got new books and new music and all of that stuff, but uh, (laughs) I'll I'll keep you on here for another hour. So maybe next time. All right. So let's do this. Give us a recommendation for a book that you have and give us a recommendation for, for some of the new music that you've been checking out right now. Yeah. Why not? Well, I, you know, half price books, I tell you, I go in there and buy used books. Okay. And, uh, Oh, you told me to read the Lemmy book. Right. I got the one by Mick wall. Is that the one that you said was good? The, the one that I, um, have is called white line fever. It's, it's his autobiography. Okay. So I need to look for that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one. I like him though. Mick uh, Wall got one that he did on Black Sabbath that's really good. Yeah, Mick Wall. Um he's he's done several podcasts and then he just stops abruptly. I don't know if it's because his schedule or because he doesn't get along well with his co-hosts where he just ends up wearing out his welcome type of a deal. Yeah. But he did he did a podcast called dead rock stars, which was phenomenal because he would tell all these stories about touring with bands and different things. And he did, he did the deal uh, documentary or the deal biography, excuse me. He did a, a, um, one episode talking about how his first big job was, um, doing PR for Black Sabbath on the Heaven and Hell tour. And this episode was on John Bonham. And he talked about how Bonham and, and Zeppelin would really look down upon Black Sabbath and really like fuck with Sabbath. 
Like they knew that Sabbath was like, especially he, he tells this story about Bill Ward, how Bill Ward was just out of his mind drunk all the time and how John Bonham would come in and would just like drink twice as much as him, how he would like, uh, where he would say, um, you know, Hey, did you, did you catch the show? And, and John would be like, yeah, I saw about five minutes of that rubbish you were playing and whatever. And he was just fucking with Bill and between Bill being drunk and just out of it, like he would become like insanely like insecure. So he would tell these stories and to top it off, he would tell them in like using their various accents and stuff. So it's like just very colorful, like storytelling. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. So. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Also, you know, I recently I told you I read this ACDC book, Maximum right. Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best books that I've ever read. But I did okay. find another book I'm excited to read. Okay. Bond, the Last Highway. Yeah, by um, Jesse Fink. I, I interviewed but, Jesse when he put that out. That's right. Yeah. Very excited to read this. But the one everybody here will probably be most interested in. Okay. I'm trying to get in the camera right. Nothing but a good time. And it's all about the 80s hard rock explosion. Okay. And are you familiar with the uh, book on heavy metal called Louder Than Hell? Have you read that one? I haven't read it just because I'm a real shitty reader, but okay. uh, I've heard of the book and I've I've seen the one that uh, that you have. Somebody posted about it this week on on social media. I don't remember who. Okay. Well, uh, I, I saw that one of the co-authors of Louder Than Hell, which is an awesome book, mm-hmm. uh, recommends this book on the back cover. Okay. So, and the guy that um, checked me out said he read it and it was really good. Anyway, that should okay. have a lot of good stories to tell. Um, and then on the music side, I don't know, you, you might not have a single listener that knows what I'm talking about here. <laughs> This is living sacrifice from this is a genuinely good Christian uh, extreme metal band. Okay. And um, they go back to the early 90s. They started off as a thrash metal band on their second album, which is this one I just showed you. They went to death metal. Okay. That for a couple of years, but the death metal vocals are different on both of those records. And then that vocalist left. And they became more of a kind of a groove metal band with uh, metalcore vocals, I guess you could say. Okay. And uh, they're, they're awesome. They have uh, one of the best drummers around. But anyway, when they did this record here, their first death metal record, uh, the uh, label Rex Records mm-hmm. um, gave them a producer that knew nothing about metal at all. And right. he just, he kind of ruined the record. The songs are tremendously good, but the production was pretty bad. Right. And so they uh, recently gave someone the tapes to remix and remaster this. And it sounds freaking awesome. Uh, so any death metal heads that, uh, especially if you're familiar with living sacrifice, mm-hmm. uh, your money will be well worth spent buying this. So there's, there's one tip for you. Yeah. So, so I know the name, but I've never, I don't recall ever hearing anything from them. I'll, I'll have to, uh, search it out. Um, Brad is saying the new sword album is, is a really good listen. 
Um, I really enjoyed speaking to uh, Rick from Sword. And um, his last comment here is, does death metal lead to resurrection metal? Um, I don't know. Good question. <laughs> I'll contemplate that this week and get back yeah. to you. <laughs> um, Johan, quick question. Behind you, that's, that's the outdoors right now in Sweden? Yeah. Is, yes. is, there, is there light from the sun out? Or is that just the, the light reflecting off of the clouds and the snow? No, it's the light from a Christmas tree outside. Okay. Because the, the sky looks white. Yeah, it's white outside. <laughs> it's snow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a, a, a bicycle street a couple of meters behind our garden. So it's mm -hmm. the lights from that. But uh, okay. then we have the Christmas tree outside. Yeah. Okay. We cool. all have that in Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's here every year. There's a little bit more and more of that. It's, it's seen as a very American thing here. Mm -hmm. um, so you have people that resist it and you have other people that have come from other parts. You can, yeah, it's funny because you can tell where people that are South American, for example, or people that have lived in the U S um, where they are here, especially because after Thanksgiving, that Friday, which is customary in the U.S. to put up all the ornaments and all that, they do it here. So um, usually the Spanish do it this week. So actually my kids, since we have no basketball tomorrow, that's when they're going to be doing it. Oh. So um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Last year was the first time they did it all by themselves. So we'll see if that trend continues. <laughs> anyway, I do want to thank Ed and Johan for, for coming on. As always, it is great to talk to the two of you about music. Um, to anyone that is a music lover that wants to talk to just a great group of people that love talking about hard rock and metal, uh, join us in Patreon. Join us on Fridays. Uh, for these discussions and um, I, I, I'm thinking about various ideas for a show next week, which will be the last show of the year. Mm -hmm. And then we'll come right back on January 6th with uh, our uh, um, 2022 album countdown. So it gives us enough time to catch up and see if we missed any album that we still need to listen to. That's so this is important. Yeah. 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 So, um, Johan, Ed, thank you very much for, for being here. Thank, thank you, you, Victor. Uh, yeah, Brad. Yeah. Thanks to Brad and Dan for being in the chat. Anyone else that was here that didn't uh, shout out to us in the chat? And uh, anyone that's uh, watching or listening to the replay, thank you for spending your time with us. And on that note, we will uh, end the show. We will see you all. Uh, on Tuesday, if not, we'll see you next Friday for the uh, final signals from Mars for this year. See you, folks. Thank you for listening to the Signals from Mars podcast. You can subscribe to the
the show on all your favorite podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 